WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Congressman Bill Heisinger and the rest of the U.S. House will get back to work in Washington on Monday. Heisinger tells us the first order of business will be appropriations bills to keep the federal government functioning. We've had one that has passed. We've got 10 more that need to have action on them. The Senate has sent signals that it's not going to pass any appropriations bills, and it's going to be one big giant continuing resolution, which I think is a terrible way to go. Or Ultimately, it'll be an omnibus bill, meaning one big giant bill for all the government spending, and that is not ideal at all. Heisinger says they just do a continuing resolution that would only fund the government another 30 to 45 days beyond the current deadline, which is the end of September. As for some Republicans in the House demanding more cuts and threatening a government shutdown, Heisinger says a shutdown could happen, but he believes it would be short. He does believe spending cuts are needed, telling us both revenues and expenditures have never been higher. Coming to Benton Harbor High School this year will be a new academic program focused on the tourism industry. Benton Harbor is one of eight high schools in the state to become part of the Michigan Hospitality Foundation's Hospitality and Tourism Management Program. Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association Executive Vice President Amanda Smith tells us the new program was developed with educational agencies all over the state. We worked with the Saginaw ISD and the Department of Education with a grant fund in 2021, and we vetted the ideas and the learning objectives of what students truly need to know about the industry. Smith says the program will cover hotels, event planning, cruises, and more. She says Benton Harbor was an ideal place to launch. You guys are are perfect, right? You have all the tourism that's coming in. You've got the silver beaches. You've got fall harvest season coming right around the corner. And people are coming to your region, whether that's for wine tasting or to enjoy summer on the lake shore of Lake Michigan. Lots of hotel properties that need talent. Smith says the program will prepare high school students to continue their hospitality education in college. In fact, Lake Michigan College is one of the institutions involved in crafting the program. It's hoped the hospitality and tourism management program will be expanded in the coming years. Tax credits are not just for tax season. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services says it's partnering with the Community Economic Development Association of Michigan to encourage qualified residents to apply for the home heating credit before the September 30th deadline. The home heating credit helps Michigan residents in need of a little help to pay for their winter heating bills. Over the last five years, the average qualifying household received $209 in assistance, which is most often applied directly to utility bills, along with an additional automatic credit from some energy providers worth up to $20 each month. Those who receive state's food assistance could also qualify for a little more help. To qualify, residents have to be a renter with a contracted lease or a homeowner and meet certain income requirements. The best way to apply for the credit is through a tax preparer. The state health department says you can find one by calling 211. We have more information on the tax credit at our website. For the first time in about 50 years, the House of David steam-powered locomotive 902 has been fired up and operated at the Michigan Flywheelers Museum in South Haven. 
Museum President Pat Ingalls tells us a crowd of about 80 people turned out yesterday to see the mini locomotive take a trip of about a quarter mile. Oh, they loved it. They were running and driving golf carts beside it to watch it go the full length and back. Yeah, there was a, a lot of uh, people that had worked on the train during those 15 years. They were here to see it, and yeah, it was quite an event. There was one lady who was a machinist, and she worked on that train machining parts for it, and she said it was like giving birth to a baby. The Michigan Five-Wheelers Museum received the historic House of David train thanks to Merlin Hansen, who obtained the House of David trains 902 and 903 after they were shut down in the 70s. 902 is now at the Flywheelers Museum and 903 is at Lake Michigan College. Now that the train has been operated again, Ingalls says they plan to lay the remaining three-quarters of a mile of track at the museum next year and then uh, seek a state license to operate the train as an amusement ride for the public. Berrien County residents will have a chance to get rid of unwanted chemicals and other materials in their homes with a community recycling day planned for next week. Berrien County Assistant Environmental Property Manager Genevieve Graves tells us the county holds the events several times a year in multiple locations to help residents get rid of unwanted materials in a safe, responsible way. Keeping those items out of the landfill is very important. You know, we're trying to divert as much as we can just because a lot of the items can either be reused or just disposed of properly. A lot of them are also toxic to our landfills. So trying to provide as many options like that keeps our environment healthy and helps the rest of us. The recycling event is set for next Saturday at Silver Beach. Graves says they'll take yard and garden chemicals, used oil, old gasoline, unused medication, medical needles, electronics, spent batteries, spray cans, oil-based paint, and hard foam for the event. There is a fee for TVs and monitors and Freon-containing appliances. Otherwise, it'll be free. Graves says anyone can stop by Silver Beach from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. next Saturday to drop off items for recycling drive through style. And St. Joseph City Commissioners are looking to make their meetings a little more accessible to the public with improved audio and visual equipment in the commission chambers. At a meeting this week, Assistant City Manager Emily Hackworth told city commissioners that bids were sought from technology firms and they came back with encouraging results. She said there will be some big tech improvements coming to the chambers. We would get larger screens for both the audience to see as well as for the commissioners to see. We would get ceiling mounted displays. It was one of the only, if not the only, with ceiling mounted displays. We like that because it would allow us to keep our whiteboard, which we like. It would also add a Logitech Scribe camera up here so that if we use the whiteboard or an easel or something like that, we'd be able to broadcast that to folks at home. There are also a lot of HDMI plugins and wireless connection options for presentations. This will make watching meetings on Zoom a lot more pleasant. Hackworth said the city's going with Bitter Moss Telecom for the equipment at a cost of $62,000. Commissioners approved the purchase. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden is in India for the G20 World Leaders Summit. More maybe sees Karen Travers. After arriving in New Delhi Friday, President Biden met with Indian Prime Minister Modi. The White House says the two leaders discussed a range of topics, including the Indo-Pacific region, values of democracy, artificial intelligence, and partnerships in technology and space. Top national security official Kurt Campbell told reporters he believes the most important relationship of the 21st century for the U.S. will be with India. Campbell said it was a disappointment for India that Russia and China are not attending the G20 summit, but he said their absence creates, quote, un- 
undeniable opportunities for the U.S. and India to strengthen and deepen ties. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Climate, economic security and other issues will dominate the agenda at the summit. President Biden spent just under an hour meeting with Prime Minister Modi. White House advisor Kurt Campbell said warm sediments have replaced a sense of distrust and uncertainty that previously defined relations between the U.S. and India. A report just released by the special grand jury in Georgia is showing charges were recommended against Senator Lindsey Graham, as well as former Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, as well as other key Trump allies. The jury gathered evidence for the case against former President Trump, hearing from more than 75 witnesses, but did not have the power to bring charges. The report was sent to the D.A., but only portions of it were previously made public. Here's ABC's Aaron Katursky with more. The case uh, is nearing trial already, at least in the instances of Sidney Powell and Ken Chesborough, two attorneys who were charged with, with different pieces of the alleged conspiracy. They asked for an earlier trial. The judge said it would start October 23rd, and he's still deciding whether all 19 defendants should be tried on October 23rd. Uh, and so we should know in fairly short order who is going to get called to testify. The district attorney says there are at least 150 potential witnesses. Body camera video obtained by the Associated Press shows one of the nation's most prolific federal drug prosecutors offering police his Justice Department business card in an apparent attempt to blunt the fallout from a 4th of July crash in which he's accused of drunkenly striking another vehicle and leaving. Joseph Ruddy was charged with driving under the influence with property damage, a first-degree misdemeanor, but he remained on the job at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Tampa for two months, appearing in court as recently as last week to notch another win for the federal drug smuggling task force that he helped create. The clock is ticking for automakers to avoid a potential strike of roughly 150,000 workers next week without a deal. That's after the union rejected the company's latest deal. ABC's Jay O'Brien has more. The United Auto Workers demanding a 40% pay increase over four years, which may seem steep, but it's the same increase the UAW says the CEOs of the big three U.S. autos received. They're also asking for a 32-hour work week and a return of traditional pensions. We just want to be able to live a, a, a better standard of life. Automakers Ford, GM, and Stellantis, the maker of Dodge, Chrysler, and Jeep vehicles, calling the union's demands unrealistic. America's newly retired national intelligence officer for North Korea points to growing concern the North is building up its nuclear capabilities with neighboring South Korea in mind. Sid Seeler spoke to the Associated Press this week. Seeler spent four decades as a presidential advisor, negotiator, and policymaker on uh, North Korea. He points to leader Kim Jong-un's more threatening tone towards South Korea over the past year and a half. Seeler says that's in addition to Kim clearly focusing on South Korea and developing his nuclear and missile program. In a wide-ranging interview, Seeler points to the threats to South Korea even over the next decade as a top area of concern. At least 17 states have seized nearly all abortions due to legal restrictions. It's possible that Florida may join that list, and abortion advocates' uh, legal injunction have gone all the way to the state Supreme Court in a legal battle that kicks off today. Morph maybe sees Brittany Shepard. The fate of abortion rights in Florida are once again at stake. On Friday, the state Supreme Court heard oral arguments from abortion advocates like Planned Parenthood, the American Civil Liberties Union, and others who are challenging the state's existing law. They say that a clause in Florida's constitution covers a right to the procedure. Currently, most abortions after 15 weeks are illegal. If the Supreme Court affirms the current law, an even more restrictive six-week ban supported by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis will take effect 30 days after. Brittany Shepard, ABC News, Washington. 
Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says that she will seek re-election to Congress in 2024. Her announcement today in San Francisco comes as Democrats are trying to win back the majority in the House. The 83-year-old Pelosi was first elected to Congress in 1987. She made history becoming the first female speaker in 2007, and she regained the speaker's gavel in 2019. Pelosi led Democrats through substantial legislative achievements, including the passage of the Affordable Care Act, as well as turbulent times with two impeachments of former President Donald Trump. Pelosi says the United States needs to, quote, show the world that our flag is still there with liberty and justice for all. And the updated flu vaccine in South America has proved to be effective, and that's good news here in North America. More maybe sees Dave Packer. The seasons are reversed in the Southern Hemisphere, so flu season is coming to an end there as ours in the North is about to begin.